Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. My name is William Schumacher. I'm the Dean of Theological Research and Publication here at Concordia Seminary, and it's my honor to welcome all of you to this evening's lecture, the third lecture in Hispanic Latino Theology and Mission, hosted by our Center for Hispanic Studies. Concordia Seminary serves church and world, and part of that service is the active, engaged listening to the world beyond traditional Lutheran stereotypes. And so we're very happy to be hosting this event embedded in a week of uh, exciting engagement uh, with Hispanic and Latino theology through the consulto and through last night's uh, uh, film, which I missed. Um, we're happy that you're here. We trust that uh, this will be a, an evening of stimulating and creative engagement and, and discussion. I'm happy to introduce uh, our Master of Ceremonies for the evening. Reverend Dr. Leopoldo Sanchez is a graduate of Concordia University in Wisconsin and Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, before earning his doctorate here with us. He has been on our staff since I think 2003 or so, right? And then on faculty since 2004. He's been the director of the Center for Hispanic Studies since they moved their uh, offices here to our campus in 2006. Did I get that date right? I was away for much of last year and I get my dates mixed up. This is 2007, right? Yeah. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to uh, simply welcome and uh, call on Dr. Sanchez uh, for, to introduce our main speaker for the evening. Uh, uh, welcome once again, bienvenidos. Uh, this is, as uh, uh, Dr. Schumacher mentioned, the third annual lecture in Hispanic Latino Theology and Missions. Uh, we have uh, dealt with the issue of uh, immigration in the past. We have also dealt with the issue of marginality and borderlands communities. And this uh, year our theme is ecclesial identity and missions or contextualization in missions. The mission of the church in the world involves making the gospel understandable to the world for the sake of winning the world for Christ. How does the church, though, make this gospel intelligible and engage the world seriously without losing her own identity or the Christian narrative that shapes her witness and life? Conversely, one might ask, does the church's engagement with the world also enrich and help her deepen her own faith, her own uh, ecclesial identity, while remaining faithful to Christ and his gospel? How does one negotiate this tension between uh, identity in Christ and uh, contextualization or bringing uh, the gospel to all peoples? Our guest speaker for tonight is the Reverend Dr. Giacomo Cassese, a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and a professor of theology at the Florida Center for Theological Studies. Dr. Cassese is the son of Italian parents who immigrated to Venezuela. It was in Venezuela that I was once, uh, as a vicar, back in 97, 
uh, engaged by a Roman Catholic priest at a, at a bookstore in downtown Caracas. This priest had a background in sociology. And as we talked a little bit about uh, what uh, we did, uh, we got into the, the theme of the church and our place in the church and the work of the church. And uh, throughout this whole time, he assumed that I was uh, Roman Catholic. Uh, when I told him that I was uh, a Lutheran, he was uh, uh, rather surprised. He, he actually looked very surprised. And I remember the words that he said to me very clearly, even to this day. Latino, Lutheran, that's not possible. <laughs> Was I being less Latino because I had given up my Roman Catholic, uh, cultural, if not religious, roots? Was Lutheranism merely seen as a, a, a German, or more generally a European Protestant, intrusion? into an utterly foreign Latino culture. Growing up in Latin America, I heard of Luther in passing more as one who divided the uh, church than as a reformer. So these are questions that in the U.S. Uh, are also pressing upon a Lutheran church uh, with a long history and tradition uh, brought uh, to the United States through uh, uh, particularly German immigrants, although not exclusively. Questions that press upon a Lutheran church that seeks to engage an increasingly Latino nation. Is it possible for a Latino to be Lutheran? What might an increasingly Latino Lutheran church mean for our collective understanding of Lutheran identity in the 21st century? Provocative questions that all Christian traditions are asking in one way or another, as we all seek to reflect on and do mission among and with the fastest growing ethnic group in the United States. Dr. Giacomo Cassese's lecture is entitled Towards a Latino Lutheranism, Its Challenges and Points of Departure. As the title suggests, Dr. Cassese will speak to us on the challenges that must be faced as we imagine and seek to construct a Latino Lutheranism. He will look into some guiding principles, uh, biblical, theological, that might make a Latino Lutheranism a viable reality. Uh, I very much uh, look forward to th your discussion, uh, Dr. Giacomo, and we uh, give you a warm welcome to Concordia Seminary St. Louis. Thank you very much, um, Dr. Sanchez, and to each of you for being here tonight. If you allow me uh, tonight, I'm not planning to read the lecture. It is uh, rather boring if I do it like that. So what I'm, what I'm planning to do basically is to share with you this whole issue of um, Lutheranism and uh, Lutheran identity, but let me uh, share that in, in a, a more casual way so, so we can, well besides that I'm legally blind and it's impossible for me to read unless uh, our Lord you know, made a miracle tonight here on this uh, stage. Talking about um, the future of this country, the future of the United States of, of America, uh, 
is impossible without talking about the Latinos. Uh, I don't know, well, it is uh, box populi, it's, 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 I mean, it's a well-known information that uh, Latinos by the second half of this, of this century will be the majority uh, of the population in this country. It's, it's, it's a fact, it's, I mean, it's a projection based on statistics and, and growth, and, and but you know how that works. And uh, even, even corporations, you know, big, important corporations, uh, are planning their future. You know, so they're trying to make new strategies, new marketing planning in order to prepare themselves for what it's about to come in 50 years. That is going to be the reality. So the face of this country, it's going to change dramatically. And, and, and this, is, this is something very important because if the Lutheran Church is going to be present uh, in the second half of this century is going to have a Latino, a Latino face. That's a fact. I mean, it's just logic. If, if, if we're going to be present as Lutherans, it's going to be a Latino church. I mean, predominantly, I'm saying a, a, a Latino church. The, the older groups are going to be uh, represented, obviously, but if, if we Lutherans are going to be present in 50 years in these countries, it's, it's, it's going to be a Latino church. That's a fact, and it's not only a fact for uh, Lutherans. It, it's for pretty much all the denominations that currently exist in, in, in America. It's, it's a fact, something we need to face. And, and um, if we are really concerned about the, the church and the future of the church, we need to take this into account seriously. And I think this is the importance of this issue today. How is our church uh, embracing this challenge? How is our church preparing and looking forward to, to, to the upcoming future that has to do with this major, uh, you know, uh, chief in, 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 in the population of this country. How are we uh, foreseeing the future of the Lutheran, of the Lutheran churches? It's, it's a major, it's a major ch uh, challenge we're, we're, we have in front of us. And we have to deal with it. It's not something we can reject it. It's not something we can avoid. It's not something we can just um, overlook. It's, it's, a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. And uh, one of the, the problems is we always get laid. Uh, you know, and, and there are a lot of people who are already uh, where we are supposed to, to, to be. And the reason is sometimes because we don't, we don't plan in advance. We don't, we don't make you know, preparations uh, and, and since this is something that is uh, scientifically proved, this is something that is not imagination, it's not, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a fact. It's something that if things keep on rolling as they are, there are, in, in, in the second half of, the, of this century, Latinos are going to be the majority. Uh, there is a, a, a publication uh, by Donald E. Miller, uh, a book called Reinventing American Protestantism. In, in that book, uh, Miller, who is a professor in, in California, uh, is uh, presenting us with um, uh, an analysis of what, what is, uh, the, the, you know, why are historical churches struggling uh, today in, in bringing new people to the church and, and why it's not the case of 
other groups, other uh, uh, Christian bodies like, for example, uh, Calvary Chapel and the Vineyards and many others that, that he mentioned in that book. Why are they growing? Some, some of, most of those groups came in, in the 60s. Uh, they're barely uh, around 40 years uh, old. And however, they're booming. They're, they're growing in, in numbers that you cannot even imagine. And how come, you know, the, the traditional historical churches are decreasing and, and, and closing, you know, congregations, churches uh, every year? And, well, he, he paid attention to, to that dynamic. And, and, and also it's very important for us to, to look at those factors that he is mentioning in, in, that, in that particular book that I referred to. But imagine that. What a tremendous challenge we have in front of us. Uh, two, one, we are part of those uh, traditional historical churches, and uh, we are, we have to face it, we have to admit it, we have to live, we have to, uh, you know, move ourselves from denial to, to, to you know, to, to reality, and, and yes, we are facing a serious problem. Something is happening in, in, in our churches that we're, we're not growing. We're not uh, appealing to the people. We're not, uh, we, we lost the ability to, to, to bring new people into the, the congregations, and especially the young, the, 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 young, the, the, the new generations uh, uh, here in America. For some reason, that, that's something that is, is happening. I mean, I don't have to prove that. I mean, this is a fact. We, we all know this is, this is something we're, we're facing right now. Uh, add to that what I just mentioned, the fact that is, it, this country is going to be a complete new country in, in not too far from, from now. So uh, if you put those two things, uh, a, a, a crisis that we already have, plus the fact that this country is going to be uh, changing uh, rapidly in, in, the, in the upcoming years, so put, you put those two things together, and, and the question you have to make is, is this. Is the Lutheran Church is going to be around? It's going to be present? It's going to be in existence the second half of the century? Is the Lutheran Church going to be around the second half of the century? I don't know that for sure, but there is something I do know. If we're going to be around, we're going to be predominantly a Latino Lutheran Church. That I know. That I know. If we're going to be around, it's going to be a predominantly Lutheran, uh, Latino Lutheran church. That I know for sure. So having in mind those uh, as an introduction to this topic, it, 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 is, it is very important. It's crucial, I would say, that we take this into account seriously and we process and, and digest this whole thing and start looking uh, to strategies uh, in, in the field of uh, missionology, what, what is exactly what is there for us, how could we start preparing ourselves, moving ourselves into, into this, because this is inevitable. This is something that is going to be taking place very soon, and the best thing we can do is to face it and to start working toward, toward that. Okay, I would like to present you this uh, uh, tonight with five factors. That I, you know, according to my in my own perspective, are five factors uh, that uh, are preventing uh, the Lutheran Church to be more receptive, to be more open, to be more welcoming to 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 new ethnic groups, or if we want to say, to minorities. Why is that? 
there are at least five factors that I, I, I know are uh, somehow important for us to, to, to consider. And I would like to share those five factors that, that, that um, I have in mind. The first one is the institutionalization of our churches. We Lutherans, we have 500 years of existence and, and our structure is, um, it hasn't changed much. Our structure, um, it's, uh, it's very rigid and because of that, it's uh, inflexible sometimes. doesn't have the elasticity to, 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 to move on and to accept and to, uh, and to embrace new, new, new things. And, and because of that, you know, uh, the institutionalization or bureaucratization of the church, it, it, and its all structure doesn't allow us to cope with situations that are, are, are you know, are, you know, demanding uh, a new position, uh, are demanding from us, uh, you know, what, what to do, and we're supposed to respond to, that quest, to those questions. And sometimes we take too long in responding to the questions that by the time we, we have an answer, the question is no longer there. So we're responding a, a 25, a 50-year-old question, and, and, and that question is gone. By the time we have the answer, it, it's the, 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 the whole generation move on to something else. And we're always, you know, we're always behind. Because our structure doesn't work in the same way that other, 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 other denominations, other, you know, Christian uh, bodies uh, or, uh, in, in, in America. Work different because our structure operates in, in, a, in a different way. It's um, pretty much what Max Weber in, in his uh, theory of the routinization of charisma. Routinization comes from routine. Routinization is you know, to do something in a mechanical way over and over and over and over. And uh, this, is, this theory applies very well to the Lutheran Church. I mean, we, our, structure, our structure as Lutheran is very rigid. It's very complicated. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it, it makes things, you know, so tedious to, to deal with it that, you know, a lot of people give up. I know people who have been in, in trying to be candidate for ministry that they just give up. It's too complicated to go through the whole, you know, process of uh, just to serve God. It's, um, we have become um, something like, you know, um, like the... the, the uh, the technical word for this is, um, let me give you an example uh, of what I'm trying to say. We pay a bill of water every, every, every month. Uh, you know, it's a monthly thing that we have to pay. That's part of our utilities at home. But you discover that you're not really paying the water because the water is free. There's more water than earth in this planet. So how come they're going to charge us for the water? I mean, you, you go to a river, you can bring all the water you want to your home. I mean, nobody's going to charge you for that. Water is not for pay. It, what you're really paying, every bill, it is the whole structure that they have to put in place in order to bring the water from the river to your house. So you have to pay for the pipes, for the treatment of the water. You have to pay for the, the people who, you know, work supervising this whole operation. And that is what you're paying. You're not paying the water. So the water has a social cost. And today, today, 
the structure of the church in, 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 in of the Lutheran Church in America it has become the social cost of the gospel, the social cost of grace. We're making it very expensive. It's, it, it, grace is free. But however, because of the structure that doesn't allow us, have become a, a hinder in, in, in the process of, of you know, proclaiming the gospel and making you know, the church a, 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 a vibrant and dynamic place. So with a type of a structure like the one we have, we're not going to be able to go that far. It's too complicated. Extremely too complicated. We have to... We have to accept it as it is. That type of a structure is not leading us, it's not moving us, it's not taking us too far. The second factor that we need to take into account is um, something we call the cultural uh, illiteracy of, of the church. It means our churches are not very uh, used to deal with different ethnic groups. Lutheran church... Lutheran Church are, are very Euro, Europocentric, Eurocentric in, in their way they conceive life. So that's pretty much because they are so attached to their origin that they don't open up very easily to, to other groups. If, if you want me to say, it's not a friendly church for other uh, ethnic groups. And, 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 and that has to do with the whole dynamic of our uh, you know, heritage and, 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 and background and, and, and the whole history of where are we coming from and, and, and all those things. But it's a fact. I mean, once again, it's something we, we, don't, we don't have to... It's simple. We're not, very, we're not used to deal with different groups. We're pretty much a white uh, church. And, uh, and, and, and that's, that's, that's a fact. I mean, it's a, it's a Midwestern, uh, Midwest uh, church, white, predominantly white, and middle class. And uh, so we're not really exposed. We're not used. We, we don't have the, the, the experience. And we don't have the opening, which is even worse. We don't have the opening to new groups. And, and because of that... It, it, obviously, this becomes a, a, it becomes a tremendous problem for us. It, 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 if you talk to people who are even even those who are in, in you know in, in very key positions in, in the structure of the church, they don't even know, for example, that you know the Latinos are so diverse. They think Latinos is you know everybody who speaks Spanish is Latino no matter what. That's not like that. I mean, Latinos are. Is, I mean. It, Mexicans and, and, and Guatemalans, they live ne one next to the other, but they're totally different. The fact that they speak Spanish doesn't mean nothing 